It's episode 48, baby. It's Steven, a.k.a. The Muffin Man. And you got my dog, A1, since day one. Fab304, a.k.a. Garrett Yurisco. Yep. And we got a super special episode for y'all today. Special guest Brady Wilson on, former WU alumni, former pro ball player. Before we get into that, man, we got a recap. You know how we get down, man. Number one, if you're first time listening... We appreciate you for tuning in. Yep. You can follow us on Day, the number one lifestyle on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow my dog Garrett at Fabs F A B S three zero four. You can follow me at the Muffin Man three two. Other than that, we thank y'all for support and we thank y'all for coming out tonight. <laughs> Even though you're not coming out, we thank y'all for tuning <laughs> in. But yeah, man, we back in it and it's Taco Tuesday. Muff, this guy LeBron, man, is living his best life. For someone that missed the playoffs, for someone that everyone's getting on, he's he's having a heck of a time not being in the playoffs this year. Nah, facts. It's like uh, it's like that athlete, you know, in high school when you're like, man, I don't got to go to practice today. I'm going to the beach. LeBron is really living his best life. He was out there smoking some stogies with CP3 in Westbrook, ha- had his own DJ in the backyard. You know he was on the Wine Wednesday also, Taco Tuesday. He's on Instagram now bragging about his waves. What waves? <laughs> now, he's creating a wave, man, of of, of uh, just having. He's getting ready for summer. He's swimming. He's swimming in the waves. He's got the waves, but does he have the hairline? That's the big question, Muff. I'll give him the waves. That's the thing. You know, where where the waves meet the beach is, um, you know, a little bit sandy, but um, hopefully the shore will. <laughs> Seashore. I don't even know the, the kind of simile I was trying to put. <laughs> I don't know the kind of metaphor I was trying to give our in. give our listeners a little bit about the do rag talk since you're you're the head of the do rags. No pun intended. Look, man, and you know what I'm saying as as a as a black man, my hair might my hairline might go back as well, so I ain't gonna talk too too crazy. But for now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying they spinning, they super spinning. My joint, I just throw the the, the regular wave cap on, but it's not regular because my joint, all I gotta do is is velcro. I don't gotta tie the do rags, which means. I'm more mobile in the morning. When I go to work, I don't got to sit out for 30 minutes because I got the line across my forehead. But all you got to do, man, brush them. But more importantly, what people neglect is stay hydrated and make sure you're eating well because if you're not doing that, your hair is not going to come out as silky smooth as you want it to. Big facts. We just got to get you on the beard next, though, man. We got to figure out why that eating healthy and that water isn't helping that beard. But that's another story. Well, I know, I know, I know how I get there. That's another story. You know what I mean? It's going to be a little story. struggle. <laughs> It's going to be a little struggle right now. <laughs> I did want to talk about Bronny and Zaire Wade, man. Going to be teaming up in high school. You know that's going to get annoying real quick because ESPN and Fox Sports and everyone's going to be talking about him every day and having video clips. But let's be real. That's going to be fun to watch at least one game of. Man, that's going to be legendary Like to, to see. Number one, to witness two legends like we were able to do in our generation is amazing. But now, you know, we're getting older and it really shows we're getting old. We got to watch, you know, these young gentlemen grow up, and now they're playing in high school ball together. Yeah, that's wild. And I think, I think if they can somehow reenact the famous Wade and LeBron dunk, 
that's what's really going. Granted, they're going to talk like you said. They're going to talk a long time. But if they can do that, dunk, bro, we might not hear it till the end of like 2040. It is going to be special because, like, like you just said, we, it, we're getting older, and this this is going to be a whole another generation of players that we're going to see before us. But I just feel like this time around, it's going to be a little bit different, you know, compared to when LeBron was in high school. I mean, there was so much hype around LeBron, but now with all the Instagram hoopa highlights uh, accounts and the overtime and, and all that, I mean, I, I could really see him streaming these games every time. Now, somehow LeBron may even set up some of the clutch sports that have at pay-per-view or something, at least this time. I could see him making some money off this instead of, you know, when LeBron was in high school, I mean, of course, he didn't make a dollar off thousands of people coming to the to the game, you know, but I guess we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I think, you know, they'll, I mean, him being in L.A., he's definitely made some outside of basketball business decisions, and maybe that is part of it. You know, we'll, we'll get to see, which I'm kind of excited to see what he does, you know, while he's out there other than, other than playing ball because, you know, you don't want to be known for – just the sport you're going to be known for empowering the community and and being able to you know lead generations through through your i don't know your motivation you through you just doing it for sure now muff like you said this is day one lifestyle and friends the podcast episode 48 if you're a new listener we appreciate you as always and please subscribe tell a friend all that good stuff if you are a first time listener let us know tweet at one of us we have a few stickers left we got some and one mixtape shout out to good people at and one We'll, we'll send both of those things your way. Let us know. DM us. Send us your address. All that good stuff. And we'll send it. But Muff, something I wanted to talk to you about today. I hope you're feeling good. Might have might have hit a couple cookouts. Might have got some good weather. Might have got some rain. A little bit of everything mixed in, man. A couple of them things. But I did see the great Randy Moss pull your 84 jerseys out yeah, and Deion Sanders. They were caught fishing together. Now, you know Randy Moss being from West Virginia. You know he's got to be an A1 fisherman. I mean, he, he's not going to play around. Got to be. And Dion, just being Dion, you know, they were challenging people on Twitter, on Instagram, to two-on-two and anything. Mossy, tell me about this Texas bass fishing, baby. Hey, baby, we banged the double, man. We banged the double, man. Hey, huh. we ain't even playing baseball and we hit doubles. <laughs> what? Whoever wants some, get at us. Whoever, whoever want to go two-on-two. I don't care if it's baseball, basketball, football. Don't whatever say football. Wanna... Don't you say football. What they want to do? Anything what football. They, what y'all want to do? Get at us. I, that really got me thinking, what could me and Muff possibly challenge Dion and Randy Moss in? I don't know if we could get him efficient, but what what do you think we could get him in two-on-two? Man, what? Line us up and do an Oklahoma drill. I'm, listen, no, I'm, I'm playing, staying, I'm off, you know I'm I'm staying off the football field, bro. <laughs> no, honestly... I think we could beat them in, in just a shooting contest. Just give us a minute on the clock, top of the key, back to back to back. You got like, you know, unlimited. So you got someone handing you the ball, and you got someone rebounding. Back to back to back, I think we could beat them. Listen, Mo. 100%. I don't know about Dion. I know Dion's athletic, but I'm telling you, this guy Randy Moss Man, is a hooper. Hey, don't get a twist. If Dion Sanders out there listening, I'm challenging you to a three point contest. But Ma, I'm Me telling and you, Garrett. I'm telling you, Randy Moss is a hooper. I'll send you, I'll send you any video you want to see. Him and White Chocolate used to hoop back in high school. I know you saw the videos. I know I've sent them to you. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. I'm telling you, bro. We can get it in. I'm telling you. And, and you know what's crazy? I was thinking to myself, like, you know what? I bet me and Muff could take him in, like, beer pong or cornhole or something. But then I remember Randy, Randy Moss got a, a horseshoe tournament every year in West Virginia. Like, 
So he might be nice at Cornhole. We might be wow, able to get yeah. him in, in Pong. If, if we get, you know, a couple drinks and, and and they get a couple drinks, you never know. We might get him in Pong, I feel like. Yeah, no, that, now, now, now we're actually really talking and not like just... I'm talking your speed now? Yeah, now we're talking. We might be able to really, like, wipe the board clean. If they give us the ball first, they might not get it back. If if they're in the Chateau, the old 2202 apartment. Man. Now, we, we play water them. pong because we don't do nothing, nothing else. We play water Home pong. Home court advantage, we might give them. Man, what? Give us the ball, they won't get it back. That's all I, that's all I know. Hey, yo, who man is this? I definitely think we could take them. But, you know, like I said, we got a special guest and talking about big shots. What? It's baseball season, man. I want to talk about a big hit, man. And and one of the the pioneers, you could say, one of the catalysts to to the whole entire W program, one of the seniors who, you know, experienced going from the Big East to the Big 12, uh, Brady Wilson. We got him on today. So, you know, let him take over a little bit. And That's a heck of a transition, man. And I, t- I tell you what, Muff, just to piggyback on that, if you're not familiar, me and Muff are both WVU alum. We both went to West Virginia University, so time to time on this podcast, we do have some segments where we talk about our alma mater. A lot of basketball, but like you said, our baseball team's enrolling, and we felt it right that it was time to get someone on on the baseball team that played for WVU, you know, that played a little pro ball, and uh, so it'll be good to have Brady on here in a second, and, and Brady was one of the four seniors to be on the team when we made that transition in the Big 12, and also when Coach Maisie took over the program, so... We got Brady joining this month. Let's get it. There you go. There it is. There's a winner. Look at that. Back, 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 we got a show today, baby. Hey, Brady, man, what's up? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you on here today. Um, you know, we're very blessed to be talking to a fellow WU alumni. Y'all hear that? We bleed that blue and gold. <laughs> That's right, man. Thank you. Hey, Muff, and believe it or not, episode 48. And this is crazy because you know how big a baseball guy you are. This is our first baseball guest on the podcast. Yeah, so uh, just a little bit of background on Brady, and I'll let him go in depth through it. But, um, you know, of course, he played at WU for four years, um, ended up being able to play, um, you know, a little bit of pro baseball as well. Um, but I'll let him give you his story, and, you know, we'll really get into this uh, episode today. I say, unfortunately, now we got two people from Maryland on the podcast, which <laughs> I, I oh never wanted to see in my lifetime. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you must not be too fond of us from being from Pittsburgh, huh? I'm I'm, I'm from West Virginia, but Muff's enough dose of Maryland. You know what I mean? Living so, in Pittsburgh. So. Yeah, uh, I got you, man. Well, a uh, little little background around uh, you know with me is uh, you know pretty much been in Frederick, Maryland, my whole life. Pretty much a Maryland boy. Um, I did grow up in West Virginia for a little bit, but I I really just I really consider myself being from Maryland. But um, I uh, always been a big fan of the Mountaineers, even growing up. Um, as I said before, living in West Virginia for a little bit. Um, I actually committed to West Virginia pretty early. Um, I, uh, I did the, the showcases, you know, I did Perfect Game. I did Baseball Factory. My dad was a, a really big advocate of just getting my name out there with emailing coaches, um, you know, going to different showcases, uh, college tryouts. So um, 
I actually, uh, how I got into West Virginia was um, Coach Sherald, who's actually from Maryland as well. He went to a uh, high school called uh, Catoctin, which is only about 30 minutes away from me. Um, he saw me at a local all-star game. I had a home run, um, had a really good game. And uh, he actually uh, pretty much, you know, told me that they were interested from day one. Um, and uh, th things happen really quick. Uh, I actually committed to West Virginia really before I gave any other school a chance. Um, the only other school that I really had much contact with was Coastal Carolina. Um, they had actually written me a, a handwritten letter. Um, but like I said, I, I've always been a fan of West Virginia. Um, always a, a special place in my heart with them. So it was really a no-brainer when, when they reached out to me and obviously wanted to offer me a scholarship to play, um, you know, especially in the Big East Conference as well. It's a, you know, it's a pretty prestigious conference. There's a lot of great hitters that have come out of there just through the years. So, um, you know, that's just kind of how I got into West Virginia. Um, you know, a lot of hard work. Um, it's definitely a big difference being from Frederick County, you know, facing 80 to 82 and then, you know, you're out there facing, you know, 92 to 93 on a Friday night, you know. So it was definitely an adjustment for me um, and kind of an, uh, an eye opener for me. Um, you know, I was kind of a hot shot in high school. I was very successful, didn't really have much failure. And then you kind of come into, a, you know, the, the division one level where, you know, you're not the fastest, you're not the biggest, you're not the strongest. So you really have to put a lot of work in. So um, it definitely humbled me um, at first, but I think it, it really helped me um, move on as my career progressed there. So, yeah, no, that, that's awesome, man. And, you know, and, and being in like the older league and transitioning to the Big 12, you know, you were kind of, you know, one of the basically four seniors that were very pivotal in kind of shaping the program and moving forward and, and what it really means to, to be a Mountaineer. And, you know, we have a video of you, um, you know, wearing the jersey. But, like, what does it mean to you to, to be a Mountaineer, even though you already graduated? Like, what does it really mean to you to, to rock that blue and gold? Yeah, man, I, uh, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying there um, with the whole Big 12 transition, um, you know, Coach Maisie always, he really emphasized, you know, having pride, like having pride wearing that shirt, having pride wearing that jersey. You know, no matter where you are, you're you're under the microscope and you are, you know, obviously, you know, a WVU baseball player. So you're obviously, you know, trying to show people that you're obviously respectful. Um, and, and, you know, with the whole wearing the jersey thing, you know, that for me, it's just been super, super special, you know, just to be one, to be a part of the program that now has gotten so much hype just over the last, you know, three or four years where and I'm sorry I'm kind of bouncing back here um, I saw an article today um, where when we were transitioning from the Big East to the Big 12 there was actually speculation that they might even just drop the baseball program at, at one point um, I don't know if it was ever seriously going to happen but there was talks as far as hey you know baseball is already very very underfunded as far as in the sports world compared to football compared to basketball uh, coach Randy Mazie actually just came out um, the other day and uh, was speaking on behalf of just you know, uh, having uh, three uh, coaches instead of two coaches um, at that level, and it's just it's hard because baseball doesn't get a whole lot of love. I mean, you, you look at the publicity on TV, and it's just it's just not as I don't want to say popular, but it just doesn't have they, they don't have as much money as other colleges um, or as other sports in, in college. So, um, but anyway, to kind of get back on onto what what we were talking about, um, you know, being a part of the program through. You know, playing under Coach Van Zant, you know, playing in the Big East and then transitioning over to the Big 12 with Coach Maisie, um, you know, it was obviously a great opportunity for me, um, you know, because I know people in the past always had, you know, their comments about, you know, 
how you know Coach Van Zant you know did things and the way the program was headed. Um, so I think it really kind of gave us you know a lot of momentum you know knowing that we have a coach come in who has a great track record, um, who come who came in and you know obviously wanted to make a difference. I mean we didn't even have locker rooms. I mean Steve, you know how it was. I mean we were. I mean, we're changing yeah. in parking lots, you know, it's like, like, what is going on right now? You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, crazy. so, you know, yeah. when, when coach Maisie came in, you know, right away, he said, you know, I want these guys to have a locker room. I want them to have this. Like, I really want these seniors to feel like, you know, they should be treated like legit division one athletes. So, you know, right when I got to talk to coach Maisie and just saw the sense of pride that he had in all of us in the program, I mean, that just lit a fire under me. You know, I, I wanted to play even harder than I already did. I mean, I, there's not a day where I'll step out in the field, no matter who I'm playing for, where I'm going to give it my all. But, you know, playing playing under a coach and a team where, I mean, pretty much everybody wrote us off that year. I mean, not one not one person except for us would say, all right, like we actually have a legitimate chance to like even finish above 500 in the Big 12. You know, coming from a Mm -hmm. coming from a team my junior year where we didn't even make the Big East tournament and then transitioning into the Big 12 where we only picked up two or three extra guys that that played and to finish third in the big 12 i mean that's just that just shows you there that you know we always had the talent i think Mm -hmm. a lot of it was just the way the program was going just people weren't focused you know and it's just crazy how you know uh you know a a person and you know a group of coaches can 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 come in and really just change the program and change the mindset overall um so you know overall Mm -hmm. i think a lot of it's just having you know the pride and I mean, it means the world to me, like I said, just to, to wear the jersey and to say that I've been a part of this program because, I mean, I mean, we're talking about a, a regional host here. I mean, this isn't like a team that's just, you know, in the top yeah. 40, you know, they're going to, you know, they're a three seed in the tournament. Like, I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's it's actually scary. Like, it's in, in a great way, you know. it's. I mean, mm-hmm. if you would have told me that WVU would be hosting a regional in 2019, I mean, I'd, I'd honestly probably say you're crazy. I don't think it ever happened, but you know, it's just it, it's it's very exciting to see where this program's come, and you know, with with Coach Maisie and and everybody. Like I said, I mean, I I couldn't tell you anything else, you know, better about him. I mean, it's just been an amazing. I, I sent him a text message today. Just I literally said, I'm so proud of you, and you know, I'm 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 so happy with what you're doing with the program, and uh, you know, I'm, I was really happy to be a part of the foundation of you know that. That season that I had my senior mm-hmm. year, that was my last collegiate season. So, you know, I'm really glad that we got to, you know, basically, obviously, you know, have a great season. Um, and also, you know, just, you know, have me grow as a person, just being able to kind of pick his brain and, and communicate with him. So for sure. Yeah. Like when you when you had that catalyst, I think we, we always talk about it all the time. But like if you had that one small change, usually in like your program or your plan, that can oftentimes be like the one that you needed the literal one little recipe, the one little ingredient that you needed. And like, you know, Coach Maisie was that catalyst for the entire team. And you all definitely were like the catalyst for the entire, you know, the entire like foundation, like you said, like we wouldn't have this program right now if it wasn't for the seniors like saying like, all right, you know, this is this is where we're coming from. This is where we're going and really believing in that. You know, it's like you have a program where everybody actually believes in it. Yeah, everybody can say it. But when everybody believes in it, it's, it's, it's way different, man. So. And it's definitely showing now. It's a it's a hundred percent. And and uh, my my last thing was, um, you know, in the in the past, I think we had half the guys that were ball ten, and the other half were just kind of going with the flow. And mm-hmm. it's tough to have a successful program when you got, you know, half half the people just kind of showing up 
and then the other half that you know that really that really want to win and improve. Um, so, like I said, with you know having me there as my last year, I really wanted to to hone in and, and let the other guys know, like, listen, like we have a we have a good squad here. Like this is this is a good team. Let, let's make yeah. something special of it because it's not like we're Texas and you know we're got pressure on us to you know to you know stay stay great like they always are so i think us having that mentality that that season has just kind of like you know why not us really helped us just just play lax and just kind of go out there and play ball and have fun and i mean we 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 pretty much took it down to the last game to where we actually didn't even it really wasn't even up to us if we got to go to the big 12 championship um because it the whole thing with the tornado down there it changed to a round robin and we kind of did what we had to do, but then it really just didn't work out our way. Um, but anyway, it, it was uh, all in all that that was a really good season. I, I was really really happy to be proud of that. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Let's take it back. You know, a couple years before that, you know, you, you you talk about how you play hard with with no matter what jersey on, and, and like I said, with the leadership. I think that goes back, you know, all the way to the little league days, though. And if I'm not mistaken. I don't think you're the only ball player in the Wilson family. I know <laughs> Uncle played for WVU, and your dad was also <laughs> shout out to Muff's hometown, a Salisbury graduate. So yeah, talk a little bit right. about that, man. Salisbury, boy, yep. no growing up in a baseball family, man. Of course, I'm, I'm impressed, man. You're doing your research, huh? Um, <laughs> no, it was, it was cool. Uh, my uncle Jeff is, uh, you know, there's always a bickering going on back and forth about who the better ball player was. You know, my dad or Jeff, and. You know, some people say my dad, other people say Jeff. It's kind of funny, but I mean, I, I lay the law down and just let them know who the real boss is because it's obviously me. But anyway, <laughs> let um, them know. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff was a was a good player. He obviously played at West Virginia, um, and uh, you know he he knew you know Coach Van Zandt just from you know from growing up and and being a, being within the program and you know Coach Ramsburg. Um, so that was another reason too where I just had the comfort of just you know going to a school where I had family there you know, that kind of just knows the tradition. And uh, again, just kind of being from from that area, it was just really comfortable for me. Um, obviously, my dad was was a great ball player. He was an All-American at Salisbury. Um, I mean, he's the guy that's pretty much taught me everything from, you know, run out every ball, you know, your character on the field, how you, how you handle yourself. Um, you know, I'm a very competitive person because of him. And like I said, he's really, I mean, he, he's, he was my coach and up until I was probably, you know, 16 years old. Um, so having him as just a role model was, was huge for me and just, and growing as a person. Um, and like I said, too, just with the process with me, when, you know, I was getting recruited with colleges, you know, reaching out to coaches, sending emails. I mean, he was a, he was a tank, man. He, he really did a lot for me and and I love him for that. Um, and as far as, you know, the, the, the skill asset and with baseball, I mean, I definitely think I was very blessed with, Obviously, I was, you know, really fast, um, and I think I get that from my dad and Jeff. They were they were both really good athletes. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, even, I mean, honestly, in, in little league, I wasn't I wasn't the best player. I wasn't the fastest kid. I wasn't the strongest kid. I think I hit two home runs in little league. I mean, if I mean, if you would have told me how to play professional baseball, if you would have saw me in little league and said I played professional baseball, you'd probably think I'm crazy. I mean, but I, I worked hard. Um, you know, I, I always had the fundamentals. Um, that was something that I took a lot of pride into. Um, it was just, you know, playing the, playing the game as hard as I could, you know, knowing that I'm going out there giving everything that I have. I mean, I know it sounds like a cliche, but I mean, that's kind of the words that I live by, really. Um, as I got older, you know, and, and matured, my body grew out a little bit. I started to actually, you know, 
all that hard work was kind of paying off. I was going to showcases. I was going to camps. I was learning things that I wasn't learning just, you know, playing high school ball, you know. So um, that really, you know, helped me grow into, you know, the ball player. And, you know, I always had the, the good hand-eye coordination and, you know, just seeing the ball and having a good eye. Um, but I know my speed was what was what really kind of got me to the next level because, I mean, that's just something that you can't teach. Um, so they always say, you know, if you can hit a little bit, you know, you run a six, four, if you can hit, you know, that's, that's what we want. So, um, you know, that, that's a little bit of a, a background on that. But, um, like I said, my, uh, my dad and Jeff were, were big at that. My uncle Jeff's actually going up to Morgantown. Um, he actually left today. I don't know how the heck he got tickets, but he's up there. <laughs> so I mean, he's a, he's a, he's an alumni. He's a big fan. Um, so, you know, it's, it's nice to have guys like him, you know, in their, in their fifties that are, that are still really excited about the program, you know, that really don't know a whole lot about Randy as a person in general, but he, he sees how well the program's doing and where it's going and how much it's grown. Um, so I think that's really special. Something I want to touch up on too, just piggybacking on saying that you guys didn't even have locker rooms. I mean, you guys were dressing in the parking lot and I remember talking to Muff about this, you know, our freshman year, cause you would have been a senior when we were freshmen in college and just even getting to that old ballpark, you know, it was right there by the Coliseum and stuff, but it was just weird to try to get back there and walk back. Mm -hmm. You know, all the upgrades that taken place. I mean, you even see it on campus while I think it's like, damn, I wish they would have had that, that Evansdale oh, cross with the other food there, right? Like, I'm sure you say the same thing about, of course, having the state-of-the-art facility and, um, you know, just, just everything, the new, new uniforms. I mean, everything you can imagine. It just, I felt like you guys were doing a lot of different things that you know definitely like you said paved the way for what what's what's laid out now yeah and, and i'm gonna go before you go brady but not only that like that really shows like the grit and determination of the program because from what i believe when when you all transition to the big 12 and of course i couldn't take it as far as you all did but like almost 80 percent of your schedule you all were on plane rides and then in class the next morning at 8 a.m like what was that like honestly yeah man no, and i and i I completely agree with you. Just to kind of um, rehash on the uh, the locker room situation, um, you know, we, we were always, you know, recruiting can always be a little bit of BS, and I don't want to say lies, but, you know, every year it was like, oh, we're getting a new stadium, we're, we're going to get locker rooms at some point. It never happened. Um, but I wasn't going to make that the deciding factor because I, I wanted to go to a program where I knew I'd be able to, you know, I'd have a good chance to play right away in a, in a competitive, you know, conference and I, I could still grow as a player. And obviously the, my whole goal was, you know, to get drafted and be seen. Um, but the locker room thing was tough just to give you an idea. Like after a practice, um, we would have the trainers come down and they would just take these huge duffel bags and we would literally just change right there. And we got guys walking around on like jock straps and stuff, like just walking to their car. I mean, it was it was pretty wild, man. Like, or like I'm still like I'm just like in my car, you know, like driving in Morgantown, just like in my uniform, or like just like I felt like I was like in high school. I mean, it was kind of funny, man. Like, but you know, we we all didn't really care that much. I mean, we we wanted to win. I mean, my my sophomore year, we had we had a hell of a team. We had a, a really good team. Um, so I mean, it, it's kind of a funny story, just to you know to you know, six years ago, we didn't have locker rooms. And now, you know, we have state of the art facilities, you know, and um, I always tell everybody, you know, all the, all the good stuff, you know, obviously happened once I left as far as just, you know, the state of the art facilities. Um, but to piggyback on what you're saying about, you know, the foundation and, and with the plane rides and the travel, I mean, I don't think people realize, I mean, our senior year, we just went from, 
you know, our, our, coach, our old coach got fired. Um, a whole new coaching staff coming in. New players coming in. People not really knowing what to expect. You know, a whole new just a whole new atmosphere as far as what we were, you know, up against, um, you know, new trainer. I mean, everything was just different. Um, coming into the season, knowing that we were only going to play like 10 games actually at Holly field and even our home, home conference games, we still have to be in a bus for four hours. And then every Thursday we're flying to Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, it, it was a, definitely a grind. Um, and, and all of us, basically everyone telling us that we're not going to really amount to anything. So, uh, I mean, just to give you an idea, um, let, let's just say here. So Monday, first start of the season, you know, Monday, go to class, have practice. Um, Tuesday, practice. Wednesday, kind of a light day. Thursday, we fly to wherever, play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, get fly back. Don't get back into Morgantown probably till 2 or 3 a.m. Monday morning. Go to class. And then once the new week starts, we usually have a midweek game. So we're either back on a bus Tuesday or Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we're back on a plane again. So you don't you only have like two days of actually being in class. Um, and on top of that, with all the travel and then ju- just the grind of being a college athlete, I mean, it, it it really shows you the grind and, you know, everything that we had on that team as far as, you know, for one, being successful. Um, and two, just everything that we were up against. I don't think people realize just, you know, I don't want to say it was hard because I loved it. I mean, I lived for that. I mean, I was just telling Steve earlier, I, I hate flying. I, I'm not, a, I'm just not a good traveler. So for me, it stresses me out too. And on top of that, I got school, I got exams, I got make sure I'm hitting, you know, 320, you know, trying to keep my batting average up or, you know, helping the team, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, you know, just stuff like that. Um, so it, it was a grind, man. But like I said, I, I wouldn't trade anything like that for the world. I mean, that, that senior year was, was, was really, really special. Um, and I hope that kind of answered your question there. I mean, it, it was a grind, man. I mean, Monday mornings, I'd be literally just exhausted and, and we had, we had class checkers, so you can't, you can't skip class. You know, coach Maisie was, was, was very high on that. I mean, he, he literally said academics are first. We used to see Sean and Ray, man, all the time come in, just look like they were just haven't oh, slept man. about four days, <laughs> man. You'll see us, you'll see us like in February, we're all like lobsters, we're red, we got like farmer's tans, and we're just tired as crap, man, and people are like, what the heck are these guys doing? So, um, but I love that stuff, man. It was a grind, and you know, I mean, starting the, the college baseball season in February, too, is tough. I mean, even us as a school up north, I mean, I mean, people don't realize, too, like, our... We don't, I mean, Steve, you know how it is. We, it hurts to be fall, out there. Yeah, you know, you're out there. But once once you get back from Christmas break, we're simulating games inside the IPF where we're not out on the field. You know, we, we in Morgantown if in January, you can't even go outside. And I mean, unless you might get maybe one lucky day here and there. So, and then we're going up against yeah. schools in the Big 12 that are playing outside all year round. So for a team like that, you know, with already not even getting their reps outside on on you know on just the grass it's pretty impressive to have a team like that you know come out and obviously host a regional where their whole offseason they're not even able to really practice on a real field you know um so like, like i said it's 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 really special what what coach Maze is doing is you know getting getting some talent in here and um and obviously the alex manoa i mean goodness gracious that's just we could talk about him for hours but it seems like i mean he's obviously a really special pitcher so um, I'm hoping he can even creep down to, you know, under five overall. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, Brady, I, I know I was talking in some circles with my last question, but what I wanted to get to from you guys laying the pavement, it's just crazy to see 
how many people are coming out and getting excited. You know, seeing that from you guys changing the parking lot to now transition into hosting the regional. And also, I mean, I was trying to get a ticket. I know mad people were trying to get tickets to go in town, and it was sold out. So I think we can see a lot of people that are going to be chilling up in the Walmart parking lot up there, um, looking <laughs> yeah. down and, you know, a lot of people standing remotely. But, I mean, to, to envision that, like you said, being possible years ago when you were there, I mean, it, it is kind of seemed far-fetched. Yeah, it, it, I, I honestly couldn't really find a word to really tell you as far as, you know, to, to, to even understand, you know, how this has come from, from where we were, you know, a couple of years ago as a program to where Coach Mace is taking it now. Um, and it's funny that you said that uh, one of my old teammates, Jeremy Gum, he tweeted something to like WVU Baseball about like if he could, or he like tweeted at Walmart to see if he could go on the roof and watch it or something. But cause he, he's, he's been trying to get a ticket too. And he can't like, it seems like he can't get one. And um, I mean, I'm sure coach Maisie and all the guys have gotten so many texts too from guys like, Hey, can For I sure. get a ticket? Like I'm sure it, you know, it doesn't always work out the way you want to. And I'm sure he's got enough on his plate now, but um but yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing is really surreal and I'm, I'm so happy for, you know, the guys that are on the team now that I, that can experience this. And I mean, it's crazy to think too. I mean, WVU has always had good players. I mean, look at Jed Jerko. Look at, you know, Vince Belnomi, um, uh, Chris Enox. I mean, we've had we've had some some quality players. David Carpenter, you know, I mean, um, uh, and then obviously guys I play with, you know, John Means, who just pitched last night for the Orioles. His ERA is under three right now. I mean, um, Harrison Musgrave, you know, Ryan, Ryan McBroom, Billy Fleming, Bobby Boyd had a great career. I mean, there, there's a lot of players that that we've had and a lot of those players you know came from the greg van zandt era and there wasn't a, there was never an issue about recruiting at all you know um so you know overall i mean the program's always got had great talent you know um so it's it's just nice to see everything come together with you know the facilities with the new stadium you know with with you know coach Maisie, who seems to have a a, a great job you know, a great idea on, on how to coach these on these players and obviously grow this program from where it is. I mean, it's it's incredible. I saw on Twitter the other day, I think he had the whole team over at, at his house, um, you know, kind of celebrating everything. And, and that's what, I mean, that's what I love about him too. You know, he's a family guy, you know, you, you can just go into his office and talk to him, you know, and, and, that, and that's what, that's really what I loved about, about Randy. Um, you know, j- just a really good guy and, and not just him. I mean, Coach Cart, when we, when we were there was awesome. Um, I mean, it coach trout i mean it, it was it was great um overall just you know just great you know I, it was for me being a senior and you know for me i'm i always i kind of got more comfortable my senior year my sophomore and junior year i was a little bit you know hesitant to speak up and to to kind of be very vocal i, I was a little shy i always kind of just l- like to let my, my game speak for itself and my senior year just with the vibe that I got from the coaches and, and the way just everything was, it, it really kind of kind of got out of my shell a little bit and was able to kind of be myself more and, you know, joke around and, you know, kind of kind of be like one of the clowns on the team, really, and just kind of keep everybody loose. Um, and I was never like that, you know, before, you know. Um, so I, I, I got more comfortable, and I think that's why I, I you know, I, obviously I, I, I had a good senior season. Um, so that was another thing, too, that I, I really um, thought was special was, you know, kind of, kind of gave me a side of me that I didn't really have before um, when, when I was playing um, earlier on in, in, in college. So, um, 
Yeah. You know, that's that's definitely so true. And um, I, I honestly felt that myself, like, you know, me, um, number one, like kind of researching everything. And, you know, even though I didn't, like I said, didn't get to take it as far as you did, um, you know, me reaching out to you. And anytime I was like, man, like you want to hit the cage or, you know, you like, what do, what do you think? You were always there to like kind of help. But being out there on the field with you is like, bro, it's that energy. Like I'm, I'm looking at these group of guys and like especially the seniors like, man, this is what it's really like to, to be here. Like I want to run through a wall for these guys. Like I just want to go hard and, and become the best player that I can be. Now, for you, you know, you got to take it even further. So how did that like kind of like being able to connect the talent that you already had with the work ethic that, you know, was kind of instilled as you as a Mountaineer? How did that help propel you, you know, forward and you know take you to where you are in life now? And how did it help propel you to to play some pro ball? Yeah, man, I appreciate that. And, and you know, Steve, I mean, when we played together, man, it, you always played hard. And like I said, I, I always want to be the I always want to be the type of guy where somebody could always feel comfortable just like coming up to me and like asking me questions and that's what, kind of what I've always valued myself as so I appreciate you saying that um and in regards to that um you know to, to kind of give you my little story as far as like transitioning into pro- professional ball um you know I think what I went through in college as far as you know everything being successful and you know peaks and valleys with baseball man I mean you're you can't get too high you can't get too low I mean you'll you go three for three one day the next day you might line out two times and you know it's a it's an out in the scorebook, but, you know, you hit the ball hard. I mean, that's just baseball for you. Um, you know, I didn't get drafted. Um, my On the bus ride home from um, when we landed from Oklahoma after the tornado and everything and, you know, everything that happened, um, I actually got a call from a scout from the Tigers basically telling me, like, hey, we're, you know, looking to pick you in a, in a later round. You know, are you interested? you still want to play pro ball? I'm like, well, hell yeah, you know. So me being me, I can't, I'm on the bus and I can't control my excitement. I'm like, yo, this guy from the Tigers just called me like, let's go. And, you know, and I was obviously, you know, looking forward to the draft and, you know, I knew that it would be later, you know, or whatnot. I mean, um, I kind of knew where I was at and, um, you know, long story short, I never got the call, you know, I was upset, you know, I, my, my dad was upset. Uh, I kind of boycotted baseball for a little bit. I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do. You know, I was emotionally just kind of like drained. I was like, what do I want to do? Like I went to... I've spent my whole life, you know, trying to get to the next level. Um, so I actually went back to school, picked up a minor. Um, you know, I, I helped out doing some student coaching because um, that was my major. And, uh, you know, I really just kind of wanted to focus on that and just kind of see where that takes me. I've always, you know, I've always loved helping younger kids. I've always just loved being a person that can kind of be there for people in general, not just with baseball. So um, I kind of focused on that. I was running a baseball facility, you know, here kind of close to home and, you know, wanted to see where that would take me. Um, the more that I got into that, the more I want to get back into baseball. And I knew that if I didn't give it a shot that I'd regret it the rest of my life, you know, and everybody was always like, Oh, indie ball is a joke. Like, you know, you don't want to do that. Like whatever. So I did some research, talked to a couple people that experienced it, you know, turns out, you know, it's a lot more competitive than what you would think. Um, so I actually paid about $2,500 of my own money to go down to Texas and do some Texas summer league where I'm literally only playing. This is already in like June. So a lot of these teams are already in their season. So the one, I got to go down there and play well too. I got to get, I got to hope that a team's going to just pick me up to play like half the season. Like I, the, the chances were a little bit, were a little bit slim. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going against 50 other guys that are doing the same thing as me, literally, you know, spending money to try and get a chance just to, to play pro ball. So, um, you know, I went down there, flew down, didn't really know what I was getting into, um, played down there for two weeks. And then I got a call 
from from one of the teams and uh that night i actually got signed to play with one of the teams that was down in that area it's, it was called the united league it's only a four-man team or a four-man league four-team league i'm sorry i was about to say um, that would be crazy <laughs> pitcher outfielder uh, yeah, coach. <laughs> hey there's no catcher uh, yeah, that, that at been, the back so. no coming up to bat me that would have been a crappy crappy professional baseball team right Not here clean up bro <laughs> it's called the fort worth packs um and that was a team that we played. I actually played for the Rio Grande Valley White Wings, which was down in Brownsville, Texas, which is about like 10 miles north of Mexico. So that was an experience for me to spend like a month and a half, two months down there and live that lifestyle, you know, from a, a league that doesn't have too much money. I mean, my first night down there, I had to pay for my own hotel. They didn't even give me a hotel room. Like I, I, I had nothing. But I, you know, being in that position my senior year with kind of just having nothing really go your way and having all that adversity that kind of like prepared me to kind of be like, all right, this is nothing, you know? So, um, I always looked at it like I'm, I'm playing baseball and I'm getting a paycheck. Like what, what's the worst thing that could, you know, could happen right now. So, um, so that was a great experience for me. That was a great summer. Um, and then I, uh, I had a great season there actually. Um, I actually, uh, was going to start doing some tryouts for the next season because I wasn't sure where I was going to play because I wanted to keep playing. And I was actually driving to Indianapolis and um, I had a phone call and I answered it and it was actually uh, the manager for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, which is an independent team up in uh, Canada. Um, and uh, it turns out, you know, he asked me, he saw an article in the Frederick News Post about, you know, what I've been doing recently with, you know, playing professionally. And he asked me if I wanted to keep playing. Um, so long story short, I ended up signing a contract with them, um, made the team. Um, and that, that league is a lot of players that were like double A, triple A big leagues that are just getting to the point where they're a little bit too old, where teams just let them go. So I was going up against, you know, a lot of guys that had some experience. Um, so for me to make the team and actually play well, um, was, was, was really special to me too. Um, so that was just kind of like a little bit of history as far as, you know, what I had to do just to get a shot. Um, and now I can look back and, you know, I, I, I played well, I had a few injuries, but looking back, I, I can't ever take that away. The fact that, you know, I, I was able to do that and, and able to, you know, have a little bit of a successful professional career and, and do, you know, what, what I've always really wanted to do. Um, so, you know, that was, that was really special to me. And, um, just to kind of answer your question, I think, you know, having that season in the big 12 with everything that happened, um, and to even just go over like the tornado when we were down there. I mean, that, that was crazy too. I mean, we were down, we were down in Oklahoma for like a week and a half for the big 12 tournament and we couldn't play because of this tornado. Um, and just to see all of us come together too and help out the, the city of Moore, the town of Moore was, 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 was crazy. I mean, the whole thing was surreal. Just that whole season with everything we were up against, um, you know, that, that was a big stepping stone into kind of, you know, making my professional career a little bit easier as far as the adversity that I went through just to kind of get a shot to even play, you know? Um, so, you know, that, that was, uh, that, that was really special just to, to kind of experience all that stuff. Not for sure. That's for sure. Now, um, like looking into, you know, like the history of Dove V, you know, we always have good coaches and, and now it's really good to see, you know, we got, we got hugs, you know, he's a absolute legend up there in Morgantown. Everybody knows him. And, you know, now, you know, Coach Maisie is is leading the pack in baseball. Like, you know, not a lot of people are really talking about it. So it's I good know. to see that. And, of course, you got Mr. You know Neil Brown with the football team. So it's really good to see, you know, everything yeah, going down like that. 
WVU as a whole, I mean, I, I see stuff on Twitter all the time of just like the tradition and, and how how much our fans love mm-hmm. WVU. Like it's it's ridiculous how the, the tradition and the love that our fans have for our sports teams is, is pretty wild. Um, and I saw like John Flowers put on Twitter today. He was like, I didn't know WV was a baseball school now. <laughs> yeah, he was tweeting stuff. So, you know, it's just cool to see, you know, just another sport, you know, and, and, and our school, you know, have a lot of success. Um, I mean, and, and rifle, I mean, that's like, that's yeah, I was about like to say, the, not only that, shout out to rifle, shout out to women's soccer. You know, like, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there really it's, doing their it's, thing. It's definitely, uh, it's, it's pretty proud. It's, it's, it's crazy. I'm proud to just be an alumni of the school. And the fact that I was able to, you know, play a sport, you know, there too, it means a lot to me. Um, and I'll, I'll, you know, for damn sure I'll have that game on tomorrow um, and I'll be cheering. I might even wear my jersey tomorrow. So, um, so hey. it'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll be, uh, I hope we can come out with, with a W and then uh, Manoa can take care of business against Texas a and I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's a fact. We talked a little bit about your pro career after playing at WVU. What's next in the life of Brady? Where, what's what's on the horizon for your life? Yeah, man. Um, well, to be honest with you, uh, the, the reason why – I guess I, I, I had an opportunity to go back and play ball again. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed every second of playing ball at that level. Um, but I kind of wanted wanted to, to see what was out there for me as a person. Um, so I'm actually, uh, I'm, in, I'm in sales right now. Um, got a, I got my own place. I'm, I'm, I'm living well. Fam, family is good. Every, everyone is healthy. And so I, I cannot complain there. Um, you know, for me... Um, as far as, you know, other than what I'm doing now, I am looking to, to get back into some coaching of, of some sort, you know, because I've always had a I've always I've always had that in my blood as far as just, you know, obviously baseball. But I, I'd, I'd love to stay with the game. Um, it's just hard for me right now to kind of grasp things with work and a schedule. So I'm trying to get to that point where I can, you know, have a little bit more free time in the evenings, um, you know, where, where I can coach or give some lessons and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, like I said, I. I I always, you know, pride myself on, you know, being happy in life, you know, not just going after the money, doing what you do when, when you wake up feeling like you're motivated to actually go to work and not just be like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta do this. So, um, you know, when I got out of baseball, I really wanted to, you know, find a career, find a job, something that I could be motivated for because baseball doesn't last forever. So, um, you know, and, and I, I definitely, you know, in, in my line of work, you, you have to build relationships and you you have to be persistent. Um, you know, you always got to have a smile on your face. And I've always kind of, you know, had those three things with my life. So, you know, with where I'm at now, I've, I've, I'm doing, doing really well. And, um, you know, hopefully I can continue to grow where I'm at now. And, um, you know, hopefully I'll have a little bit more time on my hands here moving forward where, you know, I can get into coaching a little bit. Um, and hopefully one day I'll have a little Brady running around where I can coach him. So. <laughs> hey, make him a WU uh, a Mountaineer as well, man. <laughs> That's right, man. Hey, That's those, right. Those family battles are going to be wild, <laughs> man. Who's, who's better, Grandpa, we'll yeah. I know, Dad, man. or me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I hope, he, I hope he's going to be fast. So, um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see who, what happens. But, but anyway, I, whatever it might be, boy or girl, I'm, I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll, they'll grow up to be just like me. Mm-hmm. Muff, they said they said Brady ran a uh, four point two down High Street one time at three a.m. to get to get to that hot dog stand, man. That's what they said. I'm not gonna lie, man. I was, Word around town, man. I had one night where I, I'm not I don't I'm not a big toppings guy, but I don't know what 
well, obviously I had a little bit too much to drink, but I had like relish and everything on that thing, dude. And I usually just eat a hot dog regular. Morgantown did some, did some, did some things to me, man. But, he was um, loading them glicks up yeah, out I, there. I, 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 I still, I still got, I still got the wheels, man. I, I still go out and play some softball every now and then. And man, I, I feel like I still got it, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I could still play, but, uh, you know, I, I I wanted to, I didn't, I didn't want to be playing independent baseball until I was 30 and trying to find my first job, you know, I mean, that's just, that's just how I was, you know, some people love that stuff and I love it too, but you know, I, I kind of look for the, the, I, I was looking kind of at the end game for me, you know, there, and I, I didn't want to put myself in a pickle, you know, and cause I, I want to have a family. I want to have kids, you know? Um, and I know living that lifestyle, it's tough to, to do kind of what I wanted to do. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I I don't know about four two, but I'd probably say like a four four, right? Probably probably a little bit more. No, I ain't gonna lie, you one of the fastest fastest bulls I've seen in my life. <laughs> first first, oh, look, yeah. first time well, first time you had a base hit, I'm like, damn, like this dude is fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm not gonna lie, I think uh I was actually people always ask me like, you know, baseball, baseball, but I think I was actually a better track athlete than actually baseball. Um I played basketball in high school, freshman, sophomore. I just didn't play much. Then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go run track and get ready for baseball. And so people always say I was fast. So um, so I actually got multiple offers to run track in college. And once the word got out about me already committing to play baseball, they obviously dwindled down. But um, it would have been interesting to see if I could have, you know, if I really pursued track, you know, where I would have been. Cause I mean, I just went out there and ran. I didn't know anything about form. My track coach in high school was a cross country math teacher. He didn't know anything about sprinting, you know, yeah. I just went out there no, and you, ran. You competed in, in states a few times, finish didn't you? in track. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, any other division or that I was in one, a two, a or four, a, if I was in any of those, I would have won, but I had a, uh, guy that I went up against, um, his name was Devin Smith. He actually, uh, had a scholarship to play uh, football at Penn State. He was actually the number one, the fastest athlete as far as, uh, you know, in football, they'll mm-hmm. rank you like athlete, you know, receiver. He was the fastest athlete out of that whole recruiting class. And they actually wow. had like, ESPN at the track meet actually like filming him because he was going for like the, the record for the 55 meter dash. So, That's crazy. I, of course, I'm going up against him in the 200, the 55, and the 300. So that kind of hurt me, but. Um, yeah, I went. I, I went to nationals and finished. Uh, I think it was sixth in the country. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah, it was amazing, cool, man. man. So I was definitely, you know, like I said, I was definitely blessed with, you know, with having some wheels, and that obviously, you know, helped me with baseball. Um, and you know, if, if you can hit a little bit and you can run, I mean, you're you're gonna at least have a, you know, a little bit of an opportunity to kind of to do something with it. So, um, mm-hmm. but I just kept chasing the slider, so that's why I'm here. <laughs> Hey, talking about some sliders got me hungry. So you know uh, I got to transition real uh, quick, Brady. Chef, <laughs> Chef Brady flays in the bill. Hey, look, look. Any new followers out there that's listening to us, we do a recipe of the week every week. But today we're we throwing fun. Chef Brady Flay on the grill real quick. And, you know, as an athlete, you got to fuel your body. But how are you fueling, fueling your body, you know, nowadays, Brady? Give me your recipe of the week. I want, I want it all from the top to the bottom. We in Brady's kitchen, Mo. We in Brady's kitchen. Brady's Food kitchen. recipe of the week. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not much of a cook. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm gonna be more of your fast food guy. But you know, I'll I'll put something together for you. Um, I got the creamy garlic chicken. How's that sound? Oh, I need that, Brady. Throw it down real quick. <laughs> what? So I, I gotta give you like the whole spiel. Like I gotta give you like the whole. Nah, recipe? not not nah, the whole nah, spiel, nah. but like give me some of your some of your you tricks know. or some of your um. 
I don't know, something that you want your followers to know, but you don't need to, like, like your super secret stuff, don't let them know that. Okay. Because okay. otherwise they ain't going to eat at your dinner table. But, you know, give us a little <laughs> rundown. All right, well, I, I usually do uh, just two chicken breasts, two of them, and then uh, got to have some butter on there. All right. And then you got to have a little, little bit of salt and pepper. And then one special thing, I, I guess I can't give too much, is whipping cream. Whipped cream. Oh, wow. Okay. You're like, what the hell is this guy talking That's about? That's in the sauce? <laughs> what? That's in the oh, sauce? I got some white people stuff right there. <laughs> looking right at me. No, I'm listening. I'm listening because it probably adds like nothing to emulsifier. I don't know the word I'm searching for right now. It's, it's going to make cup, me. Garlic powder, lemon juice, butter, um, olive oil, parsley, mm-hmm. salt, and pepper. So I'm telling you, man, I'll send you a picture of it. It's pretty nice. I do have I Yeah, do have send a us that. Are you, are you throwing chicken in the pan? Are you throwing it like a George Foreman? What you doing I'm with that? Doing the, I'm doing. I'm just doing the grill. Thing. Okay. It takes about. It okay. takes about 30 minutes. Hey, well that's. Hey, that's simple. We might have to. Might have to stop by up in Maryland for the Old Bay Shorty and <laughs> and show them how it's done real quick. Hey, you're not far away from me, man. Hey, we're the Old Bay babies, man. We can make it happen. <laughs> the Old Bay, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> let's, let's, give, give it. Give it up for Brady, man, for recipe of the week. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't too good, but I, I, I'll give it to you, man. <laughs> but hey, but thank you, guys. Um, I appreciate it. And Steve, you know, if you ever need anything, man, please holler at me. And if you're ever in town, man, let, let me know for real, because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much going to be staying up here in Maryland for the rest of my life. <laughs> hey, bet. Yeah, I'm going to be back up there very soon. So I'm going to definitely hit you up, and I'm going to take you up on that offer. And we definitely going to go out for some blue crabs, man. Woo. I like and, and Brady, before before you jump off here, where can people follow you at, find you at, if they want to keep up with you online or or anything that you got going on in your life? Yeah, man, I uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, I definitely was more of a tweeter back in my younger days. I look back <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I'm such an idiot for writing that, or but it's not. But uh, that yeah, I, I'm done with that stuff. I, I'm I'm too old for all that. But uh, yeah, on Twitter, it's just uh, Brady Wilson twenty three. Um, pretty much that's that's the same for Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm always into the sports, and I'm always keeping track of all the sports on there. So tw- Twitter is the best news you'll ever get. I, I don't care what anybody says. Twitter is, Twitter has been day day one. Twitter is the best social media app, in my opinion. Yep. I don't care what anyone says. But Instagram's always changing crap, and I don't know. I, I love Twitter, so I'll find all my information on there. Um, but, yeah, it's Brady, Brady Wilson 23, and uh, – Thank you, thank you guys so much for having me. I was honored when when Steve reached out to me and, and asked if you know I'd, I'd I'd hop on and I'm I'm sure we talked for a little bit longer than we we expected. Steve's good, like man. yeah, 15, 20 minutes. But uh, hey, man, I <laughs> start nah, rambling. The conversation is flowing, it flows. Uh, man. The funniest part about that is we say that to our guests because we feel like we don't want to bore them. So to us, the longer the conversation, the better, man. Oh no, man! Like I'm always I'm always open, man. Earlier today, I was like, wait a minute, like I was in the mindset of like. Like this was going to be an interview, but then I was like, like I don't know, I was kind of like hype, like like <laughs> worrying myself up about it, and I was like, oh man, I'm just talking to Steve, man. We're just talking baseball and stuff. So, um, but no, nah, man, I I appreciate it, guys. And like I said, if you guys ever need anything from me, you know, feel free to reach out, and I'll, I'll definitely be following you guys, and I'll I'll definitely be uh, you know, give, give me a little bit more clout on the social media now, so <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll be following you. Guys, you. Appreciate yeah, we definitely it, man. Good with you, Brady. We appreciate you, man. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you guys be in touch, all right? That sounds good. Thank you.
Uh, yeah, that was some awesome insight from Brady, um, someone who's really been through it and really done it. Uh, so we definitely appreciate him to being on. Um, like you said, if you want to follow him on Instagram or you know Twitter, it's BradyWilson23. But my man, FABS304, it's time to hop back in it, baby. Right back in it. Right back Love, in it. I'm excited for you, though, man. I, I could tell you were really thoroughly enjoying that conversation, man. You are just cheesing the whole time through that. Yeah, man. It's, you, it's you, good catching you two up probably could have You two probably could have talked for hours about baseball, so you know how to how to get y'all off there. Yeah, honestly, that's why I, I didn't want to take over, but, man, it was good catching up, too, man. But y'all was fired up. I wanted to go run after that. I'm not going to lie. Let's, let's jump right back into it, Muff. As you said, right in your section, the food section, we have the Action Burger, a sci-fi comic book retro theme restaurant in Brooklyn. It has a breakfast Nutella burger. Are we eating it or not? To be honest, I'm not because, and, and it's going to be crazy because. You're soft, bro. No, nah, no, nah, because look, I'm allergic to peanuts and I'm not sure if I'm allergic to what, hazelnuts? And I just don't want to risk it. I just don't want to risk it. So for that reason, I'm out. But if it was like a regular, like probably like chocolate spread, I would definitely, I would definitely try it. Yeah. And it's something like tailpipes has. Doesn't tailpipes have like the banana and the chocolate or the peanut butter? Yeah. It's like, like a like, uh, peanut butter, banana and bacon or something like that. Mm. Yeah. No, that, but that's the only reason I wouldn't try it. Like I said, if it was like a regular chocolate spread, I'd definitely go for it. Now, every single thing at this restaurant is made with ranch dressing. This new restaurant in St. Louis, Missouri, everything uses ranch in some way. And they have over 31 flavors of ranch dressing, like cheese, bacon, pesto, cilantro, and jalapeno. Mm. How you feel about that? And you know me, I'm not I'm not a big blue cheese or ranch guy, but like I said, I like ranch with my carrots. But this is something that I would definitely try because I do like I do like some foods with ranch in them. And especially if they're like flavored, like the jalapeno ranch, bro, I know that's probably kicking. I know it is. Oh, yeah. No pun intended. What, what about you? You trying it? Oh, for sure. I feel like the fries, just get some good fries, mm-hmm. get some good finger food. It, it'd be somewhere nice to go like that where you can just try different things and dip, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. I, I definitely think if it's now, if it's drenched in it, you can <laughs> you can hold the phones because I'm not picking up. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You can hold that phone. I ain't picking up. No, w- with the research we do do, and and the reason I did like Brady because he kept referring back to Twitter. <laughs> Brady kept referring back to Twitter. I'm like, this is perfect because that's where me and Muff refer back to. But it, it's dead summer. This tweet says, "Your mom comes home from the store with these. What do you call these, and what is the best color?" Now. I'm going to tell you because, of course, our podcast listeners can't see what we're talking about right now, what picture we're looking at. I know them as freeze pops, but some of the suggestions that people had for them were freeze pops, zooper dupers. Supposedly, what? that's what Australians um, call them. Zupa dupa. People in Australia. I don't even know. That's an Otter accent. pops, freezies, or do you call them something else? Muff, what do you call them? I've never heard of otter pops or zooper dupers, but I damn near want to adopt zooper duper now as like my everyday vernacular. So I'm hearing Otter Pops is Canadian. Ah, okay, okay. That would make sense. Now, me, I've only called them like Freeze Pops or like one of them Icy's. Like, Icy's. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just don't know how you don't call them Freeze Pops. Yeah, especially like usually if you get them, it says Freeze Pop on the box. Now, now someone made a good point too. 
they think that the taste has got worse over the years. Now, that could be a growing up thing, but I kind of agree with them. I think I think it's more so us growing up because like don't do that, ma. A lot of no, nah, a lot of things that like even me, you know I have a crazy sweet tooth. But even like drinking like Gatorade now, I'm like, man, like this is so sugary, like it just it doesn't even doesn't taste the same. But like when I when I was going through like my athletic coaching degree and everything and I took nutrition, it said something like the younger usually younger people, they need like that amount of sugar. Like they kind of crave it and it helps fuel their body in a way. But I think I think it's more so us getting older. But at the same time, somebody puts three freeze pops in front of me, I'm crushing them. Oh, down. this heat too? Come on now. Crushing them down. So we're agreeing though, freeze pops the the right term here. Yeah, freeze pops. Or one of them ices. Grab me one of them ices. Now, do you remember the do you remember the minute made juice bars? A hundo. Bro, all anything frozen juice, I was with it. Do they still make those? Yeah, they do. They definitely do. I hated the grape one though. I hated that, bro. Like nah, I, the I don't orange, know. The orange was rocking every time. The orange and fruit punch was hitting. Yeah. I agree with you there, Mo. Those, the the bomb pops, those were always fire in the summertime. Yeah. The bomb pops were the go-to. Honestly, if it wasn't the freeze pops, more often than not, it was the the bomb pops or I went a little bougie. It was like the the frozen strawberry. Uh Uh-huh. Now, dope, man. What? You give me any kind of strawberry or anything, bro. You you reeled me in. What about a push-up? Push-pop? Mm-hmm. They weren't my favorite. I definitely would still eat them, but it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, but I'm just saying the setup of them, how you, like, mm-hmm. it, it was cool setup. Same with the Rockets, though, how, the, you know, the, the look of them. Mm-hmm. Nah, it was a good setup, but here's what I didn't like, because if you took too long to eat it, it's still going to drip down, like, yeah, all you on your hand anyway. Yeah. And then and then it starts to get sticky, so you can't even push the pop out the actual, like, cylinder. So it's like... Man, I'm just going to get me the regular degular joint, and I'm going to get busy. Muff. <laughs> <laughs> you, you geek, I know this is about to be crazy. Muff, on, on another note, a listener wants to know if you wash your legs in the shower. Look, who... This is no you joke, bro. Me, bro <laughs> don't you dare disrespect my shower habits. Talking about something. Do you wash your... Sh- bro, if you're not washing your legs in the shower and really, like... Really scrubbing them joints? Something's wrong, dude. No, wait, 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 wait. Did you put up a picture recently, like on Instagram or Snapchat, that you you had your legs shown or something, or what? It was nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Number one, think about think about gravity. If you're just washing your upper body and you neglect your lower body, do you realize how much dirt? It's just dripping down to your leg and just staying there getting stuck in your leg hairs. Wait, do you be washing your toes? Bro, you wash everything <laughs> up in that joint. I'm playing, I'm playing. Unless you're Pharrell, you got to wash your face outside the shower <laughs> and you got to exfoliate like a madman. But you washing everything up in there. No, 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 no. This is the funniest joint, though. It was, it was a meme on Twitter. And they said... <laughs> they said, how do you poop in the shower? <laughs> You're a sicko. You're a sicko if you do that, bro. No. The, the response... Look, this is why I love Twitter, dude, because the responses under this were crazy. But the, the picture, it was a cartoon, and they were just smushing it through the little grate with their foot. 
you're a sicko, man. I'm telling, not you. I'm saying like in general, if you do Bruh, that. That joint had me so weak, G. I'm not gonna lie to you. Real oh life. Gosh, man. Oh man, that joint. I'm wiping tears from my face literally right now thinking about that joint. No, like as guys, you know what I'm saying. A lot of everyone, of course, is peed in the shower, but we're not even Hundo. gonna take it there, man. We're not. I've never heard of someone doing that, bro. <laughs> Hundo, man. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely want to keep that uh, two separate hobby, two separate activities, I should say. But but that's good to hear that you that you wash your legs. I don't know who asked that. I had to look, but someone definitely did ask that, and they they wanted to know specifically you, not me. So, man, not only bro, you gonna exfoliate. Then you're going to do your regular shower. And then right after, you get moisturized. If you ain't doing that in those three orders, you're doing something wrong, buddy. Do you remember? When, do you remember when we talked about the... Um, we talked about it. We always say we talk about it, but we really did. A long time ago, we talked about jumping in the pool. Does it count as a shower? Let me... Let me hold up. Let me find this clip. This week's other question was, does jumping in a pool count as a shower? What? Very interesting question. But I have to say no, because you got a whole lot of chemicals. And if you know anything about pools, people like to go to the bathroom in them sometimes. So I think that's just no. Now, if it's like if it's like pouring rain outside, I might get some Old Spice Pure Sport and go out there and lather up. But in the pool, I can't say no. I, I got to say no. OK, OK. I mean, I agree with you. And I know my followers are going to call me weird. But the thing is. I'm not a clean freak by any means, but I usually take like two showers a day. But the one in the morning is usually just to wake up, you know? I still I still clean myself, but I'm saying it's more for me to wake up. It's not because I'm yeah. dirty. Does that make sense? Exactly. I know what you're saying. Man. So I want to just tell you what Twitter says. Um, going back to, my, to one of the oldest Jones brothers, Brock J. Once, he says, this one is a bit disturbing. Surely no one considers those two equal. Juju underscore B fifty three says, "Is that a serious question?" LOL. That's a funny question. Now I gotta give a shout out to my boy Bailey because I I feel like I'm kind of on the same terms with him. I don't think it counts as a shower, but sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. My boy Bailey says, "If the pool is full of shampoo and soap, yeah, we overcame by knowing how to work with the cards we were dealt." So he's a card shark and he's dealing and wheeling. I like that. Your boy Jared Yates underscore says, I don't know. Ask your brother Ollie. <laughs> oh, I like that sash. That was kind of funny. I don't know. That was just really random. Bruiser, Bruiser Joe, shout out to Benwood. He said, in Benwood, where my grandma lived, I took him off to this place, actually. Small little town. I was out there. Okay. So he says, Bruiser Joe says, in Benwood, it counted for half a shower. If you didn't have anything going on, it's okay. But if you had a wedding or something, you still had to take a bath. It's not a half a shower because I got a shower when I leave the beach. I got a shower when I leave the pool. Any kind of body of water that's not in my bathroom or a or a bathroom, I don't count it as a shower. Yeah, that, that, that was that was some good points. They made some good points. No, very valid, very valid. Um, I still don't agree, but very valid. Half a shower, you know, the, uh, depends on what the what the occasion is, what you consider the shower. It's almost like a drive-through car wash. <laughs> you know the cheap one the cheapest one yeah, you can get yeah. <laughs> aka the water <laughs> the water you still got you car. still got the soap resin on you bro those are the biggest ripoffs you drive through that it's like do you want the seven eight or the maximum the 12 
He's like, I ain't gonna get the seven. I'll get the eight though, just to you know see if anything special happens. You come out of there, your car's got bird shit all over it still. It doesn't even matter, bro. Yeah, big facts. Like you, you going through a struggle if you running <laughs> if you running through the sprinklers, dude. Just call call me up, man. I'll help you out. <coughs> now talking about running through some water <laughs> to get some ice, you gotta freeze the water. Bruh. Look at my transitions today. You hear me? <laughs> nah. I need some NHL talk, G. I know that. I know that's your lane. We got so we got a tweet that said throw a little hockey in there for the white people. <laughs> so I, I'm the spokesperson this week on the NHL talk. We have been going hard on the NBA, but we we do love our hoops over here. But shout out to Modi, shout out to Bev, shout out to Yerp Organism, everyone that wanted to hear a little bit of hockey talk this week. You know, I'm not the best muff to give you a hockey talk because I'm a little bit. Shout out to all I'm of a them. little bit of a of a you know penguins fan but i did get to watch a little bit of both the games so far and both of them have been very good game two was an ot the blues end up taking it three to two um if you didn't get to see that so for me i'm rooting for the blues of course because i don't like any team from boston i'm sorry muff i know you're a red sox fan but let's be real and and and, and we're gonna visit that later anybody hear that red sox thing it's still coming we can go back to it now you go ahead Muff's getting a tattoo. I like that. But no, Muff, I know you're a Rod Sex fan. But at the end of the day, the Patriots, they're cringeworthy. I know they're great. The Bruins, I know they're good every year. But something about the people from Boston, the teams, you add them all together, that accent. I just had enough of it. And and I, do I really want St. Louis to win? Not really. But you know what? I'm taking St. Louis. I also want to point out that St. Louis, who we talked about earlier in the podcast, has that restaurant that has 31 ranch flavors in it. I don't think Boston has that. Okay, they don't have. Nah, that. not Boston. No. Not Boston. They got beans. They probably do have beans. They probably have oysters. They probably have some fish. They got beans, but what they don't have, they probably got some good lap- lobster rolls. I'm about to say they lobster do, rolls, but they're expensive because it's it's overpriced up there anyway. So that's that's Facts. that's neither here nor there. Okay, but back to my NHL talk. Something else I want to point out is Carl Gunnarsson. I believe that's how you say his last name. The thing about also about NHL is there's a lot of guys with very hard last names. Now, I guess you could say the same about NBA with Siakam and a couple other players in the finals. But, you know, there's there's a lot of players here, so I'm not going to discuss them all. But I will say my main man, Carl, a.k.a. Boom Boom, okay, he had the knockout punch in game two. So I'm just going to say he made it possible in Boston. He knocked him right down on the can. And I'm telling you what, I'm liking St. Louis in this series. This, this, depending on when you listen to it, I think they take Game Three. I think Game Four may go Boston's way, but all in all, I like I like the St. Louis Blues in it. And I mean, the Blues you could say is what kind of mascot is that? I mean, it's still good colors. It's it's like WVU colors, different shade of blue, different mm-hmm. shade of yellow, but I still like the color tones in that. So. I'm liking the Blues, and I'll give you a better update next week, Muff. Hey, that sounds good to me. That's all I needed here because I wouldn't have had even one-tenth of that info. I'm not going to lie. No, no, so, Muff, mm-hmm. one more thing. One more thing. Let me add to that. Let me get my hockey knowledge out here. You know, I used to play backyard hockey. I used to play NHL Blitz. It, NHL Hits. It wasn't Blitz. What am I doing here? Talk that talk. But before that. Brett Hall, one of the best players in the NHL of all time. Chris Pronger. I mean, St. Louis had some legends on the team, so I'm rolling with the legends. And like I said, we're going with St. We're going with St. Louis, man. Nah, St. Louis is, is a great, great place, man. Like they got some good food. You know, that's my forte. But hey, if you rooting for him, I'm rooting for him. 
a hundo. And Muff, that was your hockey take for this week's pod. We got to do this every week now. We got to we got to make sure this gives the game seven so we can do this next week. I appreciate yeah. all my my friends out there want me to give the hockey take, baby. Hey, shout out to y'all for hyping them up. Ice Trader Gang, that icy hockey. G knows all about it. And you know what? I need to brush up myself because I can't be left out in the cold. I, no, you know what? I feel him, though, because we have a lot of listeners that do. And we got some good friends. My, my, our guy Nico played his whole life. Our guy AJ listens to every pod. He's a, he's a big hockey guy. We used to we used to play some 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 rollerblade hockey back in the day. So I, I definitely got to follow along a little bit more. We'll have some better talk. Actually, Muff's going to give you some talk next week. That, that sounds an even better plan. But Muff, let's get into the hoops, baby. Game one, we just watched hoops. that as we're recording this. And I can't get over Drake, man. You know, the people want us to talk about Drake's antics on the sideline. But I can't even be mad at him calling Draymond trash. I feel like the world can agree on that. That Draymond isn't necessarily trash, but we like to think he's no. trash. So let's call him trash. Yeah, facts. Like he honestly is a conductor, and when they're in their normal offense, you know, I think he he definitely is a big, big part of it. But it's all in the antics, it's all in fun. Like if you're not trash talking, you I, to me, if you're not trash talking, at least a little bit, you're not really in it. Like you don't, you're not really like, all right, I'm going at this dude. I don't care what happens. But Muff, this is the craziest part is that, okay, Toronto takes game one. Depending on when you listen to this, I think they could take game two. I, I think it's going to be an interesting series. I like how they match up. I like the defensive players they got. And, of course, with KD out. I mean, KD versus Kawhi, that changes the game. We, we keep talking about is Thanks. KD, are the Warriors better with KD? Are the Warriors not better with KD? Let me tell you something. KD, it, the, the style play is definitely different, but I, I'd, I'd like to have KD on the floor against Kawhi right now. That's all I'm going to tell you. But, mm-hmm. but with all that said, we got to applaud the Raptors in the offseason. I like DeRozan, but they got rid of DeRozan. They made it, they, they got Kawhi, and you, you still don't know if Kawhi is going to stay, even if they win or lose this. But at the end of the day, they made it to the finals, which they haven't done because that one guy we were talking about, aka Mr. Taco Tuesday, has swept them, has, has basically been their dad for the last. 10 years you know what i'm saying so i mean at the end of the day you gotta you gotta applaud the raptors gm and owner because they took a chance they fired a coach casey Dwayne casey in the offseason they picked up Kawhi. they picked up mark gasol midseason and, and now they're up you know what i'm saying and then and nba finals against the juggernaut golden state warriors mm-hmm. yeah no facts like they got the formula and sometimes it's not about you know having it and breeding it through the whole entire system like sometimes you just need to pick up those pieces who already has that experience who's already been in that type of stage and even if they haven't been on that type of stage they've always been that type of player they've got the formula right now muff we've been we've been back and forth though giving kyle laurie some props saying he's a bum i mean he's not a bum but he's a bum in our terms but again game one where was he he was a no-show man i get so tired like i want to defend the dude but then he doesn't show up in the playoffs like I get it. Siakam, Kawhi, Mark Gasol. Look, this is all I'm trying Somebody to say. Somebody left him at the loaded baked potato bar too long. Fred Van Fleet was closing out, the, a.k.a. Drake 2.0, closed out the game instead of Kyle Lowry. Like, if you're an all-star point guard, you got to be on the court at the end of the game. I'm sorry. You can't have four points in the Period. third quarter. Period. That doesn't fly. And that, that happened fly. last series, too. The first game, he didn't even score. Like, granted, you know, <laughs> he, he, he did a – he did a, a way better job, you know, the, the following games. But, man, it's time to show up. Muff, Period. if I'm playing hide and seek and it's 2-on-2 two two against uh, Deion Sanders and Randy Moss, 
I'm sorry, I'm not picking you. I'm picking Kyle Lowry because that man can hide sometimes. <laughs> And and you know what's crazy? I hope he I hope he plays well. Hey, I, I, I want to see the Raptors win. I don't want to see the Warriors win again. So I want to see the Raptors win. But he's got to start showing up, man. He's got to show up. Now let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If the Raptors win, what does that do for Kawhi Leonard's legacy? Does that make him top two, top one, top, top three? Much. Where is he at? Stay off oh, the God. weed. You literally sound like Max Kellerman. And Skip Bayless put together right now, Muff. I mean, his legacy is going to continue to be great. And, and no matter where he plays at, I, I think him playing with the Spurs, I mean, was was awesome. And now what he's been able to do this year. Now, again, you take everything with a grain of salt, of course, because LeBron isn't in the East. But at the same time, I'm not going to take away from him. They had a tough series. They had two tough series, I mean, against the Bucks and the 76ers. So, I mean, to me, is he top three? Get it? You need a relax with all those takes but i mean he's definitely <laughs> paving his way and and you can make that case though right now mm-hmm. i mean you're gonna take lebron i mean john john is so young i mean but to build a team around someone like him but a Kawhi is one of the best two-way player and what, what we mean by that is of course being able to score at any any jump shots threes get to the rim and he also can D up. He can lock up your best defender. He can rebound. I mean, he can jump, man. He can do everything. So, to me, I think he's a top three player in the league right this day, but not all time, if that's what you're saying, because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> facts Kellerman. Are no, right. yeah, not not like all time. I'm talking about just in today's league, you know what I mean? But you, no, you, hit, that, you hit that nail on the head. Yeah, he's top yeah. five for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I definitely think him, you know, especially with, with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry's legacy that was there and them not getting to this stage, I think with them injecting this one player into their system, I think that that shoots him up, you know, quite high to me. I mean, yeah, and don't don't take nothing away from DeRozan. I mean, DeRozan's great. Facts, I mean, big facts, big facts. I I'd like to see what San Antonio does healthy next year and, and maybe pick up another piece. I really like him and Aldridge, but I mean, I think Kawhi's a game changing player for sure. I mean, LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Steph, Harden, Westbrook, Kyrie. Anthony Davis, I mean, those are probably Giannis. That's probably like your top eight. You know what I mean? I'm probably mm-hmm. forgetting someone. If I am, I'm sorry. I have to I have to really think. Paul George, nine, ten. You know, now we're going down the list. But I mean, he's he's a game changing player, and that's what that's what they needed. Like I said, Gasol, veteran presence around the rim, mm-hmm. Ibaka. I mean, they, they got some good pieces. Siakam's young, so we're gonna keep seeing this this series unfold. Hopefully, we get the podcast in early next week so we can give you, as we said. Um, some updates on the NHL, Stanley Cup, and the NBA Playoffs Championship. So we'll come back with that. But Muff, like I said, we had someone hit us up online. They wanted us to discuss. Let me let me let me pull up the ads real quick because I can't. I got to do my man justice. He 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 tweets us a good bit, and and you know we, we appreciate everyone that that replies to us and likes to talk to us. Our guy Jason Martin at WVHNIC. He wanted us to discuss Drake's antics on the sideline and also the anniversary of Pusha T and Drake's feud that they had going on at the beginning of the last summer. So I don't know where you want to take this, man. I I, I think that, you know, you being Number, a Drake if guy. If you know, you, you know. Number one, number one, like, he's got to address it. You can't just sweep that under the rug and, and hope that, you know, when the homeowners come and inspect it, they don't find all that under there. You're going to have to. You're going to have to do something about it. But at the same time, it's so old now. I don't think he wants to open up that can of worms again. He he doesn't want oh, his career to, you know. 
Yeah. He ain't, he ain't really worried about it, I should say. But at the same token, it's like, you can go at everybody else. I think, especially in the rap game, you can't just pick your battles, bro. Like, if somebody come at you, you got you to go back. But besides that, his sideline antics, I kind of like it. You know, it's like, you have fans that do it all the time that aren't necessarily in the spotlight. Some of them can go up, you know, overboard, as we definitely know. But I think, you know, with him being who he is, it definitely has the, the power to, to shake up these players on the Warriors who, you know, who, who are used to this type of stage. But to have somebody on, on that type of level in a different, you know, industry, I think it definitely could shake some things up and, and really cause a stir, as we saw in game one. Like, he called, what, Draymond trash at the end? Bro, he called Draymond trash. That was the best part of game one. He trying, he trying to go at him. See, the thing with Drake, though, I mean, some of it can be a little cringy, you know, but at the same time, I will say, as much as Drake likes to change teams and wear the different jerseys, he has been a, a, a six a six god, a Toronto Raptors guy for, for a while now, you know, being from there. So I will say I'm not mad at him for rooting on the Toronto Raptors and having a little bit of Spike Lee um, inspiration in him. But as far as the anniversary of the beef i do want to say muff it just it just makes you think drake is one of the biggest people out there with beyonce and taylor swift and lady gaga and justin bieber and you name it i mean but a lot of those people are considered pop acts drake it gets you know blindsided sometimes where does he write does he not whatever i think he has a lot of, of rhymes that he definitely wrote but you know that's that's for other people to decide we don't know but I think the biggest takeaway is that you got to pick your battle sometimes. And, and and with that battle, he should have just took the high road and not even tried to get in that because, you know, mm-hmm. he kind of, it didn't mess up his bag, but it definitely was a little fork in the road. You know, he wasn't really expecting that because that guy has gone undefeated for a long time. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the moral of the story. Sometimes pick your battles. No, you are, you are very true. Like, I think if he would have responded, I think Pusha T definitely had a lot of things in the bag for him already ready and you you could tell by how he had his chest poked out like he was ready to go and i don't think he unleashed everything that he really wanted to but you know i think i think the dust has not i don't think it's settled yet because you know how drake is he likes to do his antics i think somebody else is gonna pop up and it might stir up a whole nother rap beef and you know push him might just jump back in just to be like all right i'll partner up with you i still got some stuff to get off my chest yep muff going back to basketball before i forget you get 10 shots to make one NBA three-pointer. If you make one, you get $100,000. If you don't, you go to maximum security prison for a year. Do you do it? Man, yeah, I'm doing that. What? Give me five shots I'm making that joint. NBA three length, though. I ain't, see, I ain't never seen you make one that deep. Why you oh, you lying. lying. I know you lying now. <laughs> That's how I know you lying. I'll be out that joint with the Jimmy. Nah, I'm, I might be lying on five, but in <laughs> ten, bro, if I don't make one in ten, shoot, I deserve to be up in that joint. And no money on my books, period. If I can't make one out of ten, come on. Nah. What do you think? I, you think I, I you can do it? Hundred percent. I have faith come in you too. On, I think we'd we'd make out with two hundred thousand right there. We'd be good to go. Easy. I think honestly, Stop I think realistically, we, we, I think we could easily go four for ten. Hey, get some we might have to make that a challenge. I said, we'll get some new mics for this podcast. <laughs> for real. For real. Nah, I, 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 one out of ten. I mean, it is a couple yards back, but it's nothing. A couple feet back, it's nothing. It's really nothing when you got the eye for it. Yeah. 
I know I just went on a, a tangent there because we were talking about music and Drake, but I had to ask you before we forgot. But but speaking of music, Muff, I saw a tweet from Cuzzy Cost. Shout out to Cuzzy Cost. Shout out to him. He said, I don't know if it's because it's summer now or what, but country music as a whole has stepped it up. I feel like we went through a pretty rough patch back there that we are finally seeing the other side of. Now, I know you may not have the insight on the country music game, but I think that that kind of, you know, correlates to what we were talking about with every genre. Like, I'm starting to see a little bit more albums come out. I'm starting to see better music come out. And I think that's because of how the weather affects you, but also because people know that like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be around all summer. And if it plays all summer, it's playing all summer and it's playing all fall. That's the thing about music is like, you have music for every single mood. I don't care if anybody says like they hate mama rap, they don't like lyric rap, they don't like country, they don't like anything. There's music for pretty much every mood, every season, every occasion. And usually with country music, they talking about they horses in the back. They horses in the back. Nah, no, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna. But nah, like, like seriously though, it's like it's it's summertime. It's summertime music. You know, most of the time you're you're drinking one of those, you know, glass water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> the the glass. You know, you're drinking a beer. You're having a cookout, and it's just time. You know, it's just time to to have that in the background, just kind of playing. It's not too taxing on your energy, I guess you could say, because some music can be. It can be, and no, I. That's the best country to me. I, I really don't want to hear about breakups, sad songs in country. I don't want to hear about none of that. I want to hear, I want to hear the good times, letting the good times roll. Yeah, so, shucking the corn in the backfield and I want to hear it all, the, man. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on to some country. Don't worry, man. I'm gonna put you on some good country. But, but now I think, um, I think you hit it on the nail there, and, and that's something we've been talking about. I think we're gonna see a lot more albums come up. Um, in all genres here, I, I I'd say this next month is is a very pivotal time because like I said, people like people like it to you know if it doesn't catch traction even in that first couple weeks, I mean it, it could really hit. Something could come out and then it's like, hey, you got the, you basically got a, a soundtrack for the summer. So mm-hmm. I think we'll see a lot more come out. But I did want to ask you, Muff. I don't know why this person popped in my head the other day, but I could not get the song "Cooler Than Me" out of my head, and it made me think. Oh, wow. Exactly, man. Do you ever think of some random artist and be like, what the hell happened to him? That's what I was thinking the other day. I'm like, what the hell happened to Mike Poisoner, Mr. Cooler Than Me? Damn, that's crazy. That took me back. Yeah, I don't even, I don't know what happened to him. It made, like, I guess, uh, people like, what, like, Jaquan, like, everybody in the club getting tipped. Like, where is he at now? Yeah, I guess with, with Poisoner, it kind of confused because I thought he had the more popish route. So a lot of times you can stick around a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying with that? Like he could be at least on co- some choruses or something. And he just kind of disappeared. I think I saw him on Thanksgiving. I think that's what it was. He was on Thanksgiving for uh, the, for fo- NFL football. And he was singing the national anthem or something. Or he was singing a halftime performance or something. But I'm like, that's Mike Poisoner? That's the last time I saw him, bro. Yeah, that is wild. Man. That's what, middle school, high school? I, I just remember, uh, yeah, it might have been middle school, high school, but, I mean, do you it's ever think cool about that with artists? Me. Oh, man, I'm I'm seriously, like, that's crazy. I, I literally, I'm going to have to put that on my Apple Music later. <laughs> wow. It really does make you think, though, I guess, like, bro, what, like, happened? You know what? They might, they honestly might just be touring off those one, two songs that they got. I, I would. Because, you know? Like I know, designer probably still torn off Panda. He just saying Panda every day. Yeah, right? Panda, Panda, Panda. 
No, that's that's so true, man. That is so true. I don't know. There's a lot of things where you're like, man, what happened to that? Like, when did it, when did we actually stop using it? Yeah. You know. Muff, no. we we got we got a we got a good bit of Twitter questions this week, and we want to appreciate and shout out to everyone get uh, that sent us some Twitter questions. Let's save them though for next podcast, as I know. You know, this podcast is a little bit longer than usual. If you're still listening, we, of course, appreciate you. We're going to save those ones for next week because they are very good questions. But we're going to try to get in here a little bit earlier next week and record. So we hope you guys are having a great weekend. Before we go, Muff, I know you had a couple shout-outs that you want to run through. Do you want to you want to shout them out real quick? Yeah, shout-out to Birthday Mellow, Hoodie Mellow, for, for really leading the way for, for young ballers and, and young braid wearers. Even though I wasn't a braid wearer. Shout out to Alex Trebek for no reason. Like, shout out to that guy. And, nah, mainly, I want to bring it back. Shout out to Dirty Bird for what they do to them wings, man. Like, Lord have mercy. Y'all know what y'all are doing up in there. Every time I'm in Morgantown, bro, I've got to stop there. So, shout out to Dirty Bird. Uh, Shout out to all my orange juice drinkers out there. Tropicana, you know you got to get no pulp. Shout out to my smoothie drinkers in the morning. If you're not doing orange juice, please do a smoothie. Shout out to my dog, G, and shout out to me for still going. Episode 48. That's right. Definitely shout out to Brady for, for jumping on. Shout out to, to Coach Randy Maisie. And definitely shout out to the WU baseball team for, for going crazy. Bring it home. Shout out to technology for allowing us to record this and give it to you all because, man, we love it. We really do. We just love it. We love being able to talk and catch up and give you all this. And that's my shout outs for the week. Hey, tell me why when Brady was talking about, yeah, I was texting Coach Maisie. I was going to be like, yeah, just shoot him a text, man. Tell him he can hop on here this week. <laughs> we'll save no, that, would be, that would be dope. That would be dope. Nah, we'll, we'll, we'll get him on here. I'm just mad. He's he's a little bit busy right now. So yeah, facts. we'll get him on there. But as as we said, Muff, we appreciate everyone that listens every week. If you're still listening, we super appreciate you. We'll be back next week, hopefully early on. Just be on the lookout if you, if you subscribe. You'll have that pop-up notification tell you when we're dropped. If you follow us, we usually tweet about when we drop, so you can be there right with us. If you're a first-time listener, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back, man. This is Day One Lifestyle and Friends, the podcast. Cut.